Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. We appreciate you spending some of the next couple of hours here with Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, as we talk local sports, well, as often as we can with you. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. Uh, In the first hour, bottom of the hour, thereabouts, We'll try and get close. Um, we will have our friend Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Vinny, I mean, <laughs> posted a seven-round mock draft today Nuts. at the at the Sporting News. I mean, I don't know why you go to the trouble of doing that, Trent. I mean, you can't possibly clicks. I guess. Yeah, you know, that's the bottom line, right? Right. I mean, once you get past the first round, and there's going to be trades, and you have no idea. So let's ask Vinny what goes into it. I have to imagine. This is an incredibly daunting task, mm-hmm. right? To have all of those guys uh, eligible for the draft. It's hard enough to get the top 10 right, for God's sakes, let alone, uh, what would it be, 21 top 10s, more than that. Uh, anyways, Vinny Iyer will join us at 10.30-ish to talk that and some other stuff. Of course, Finney's a three-time Jeopardy champion, and there is a quarterback who's been hosting Jeopardy, or has, I don't know if he still is. He is, is yes. Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's still, back for week stint. number two. And... and how did week one go? I'm sure you and Tara, your wife, yes, love the show. we do. We watch How's Jeopardy every night. Uh, he's dry. Okay. And he's a Packer, so my Viking wife absolutely <laughs> yeah. despises him. And how does her bare husband feel about I, it? Honestly... And, and maybe this is sacrilegious to say, I like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, how can he not? I, I'm with you. Yeah, he, he has kicked my team's I mean, I ass know how you can. for 15 years. Right, yeah, right, But, right. dot, 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 I think he's likable. And and the whole family thing, there's that weird, his brother and his parents, oh, they don't that's, talk. That's and, difficult. And, yeah. and there's all that side of it. But him, his personality that we know, I like the guy. Mm-hmm. The relax, the mm-hmm. we're going to be fine. And maybe it's funny also when he falls on his face in NFC Championship games, but that's a different He's conversation. Such a player, man. He hey, is. look, if I can like Patrick Bowl, Mahomes, though. yep, that's true. Yeah. Still only one Super Bowl. Um, boy, last year seemed like it was the time, didn't it? it did. Oh, it seemed yeah. like that was the year. I hope they get back there. I'm a yeah. I'm a closet Aaron Rodgers fan. I was a I was a huge Far fan. I was uh, hanging out with my family this week, and as I told you, uh-huh. all Vikings people from North Iowa, and uh, they're they're already ready for. Much like Brett Favre, his final season or two being yeah. across the Mississippi, we'll back see. in Minneapolis. Milky Aaron Rodgers will not uh, throw any uh, water on that fire. No. He refuses to do so. He was asked, "Oh, what's your Mac, uh, what, what's, the, what's the kicker's name? Matt McAfee? Yeah. Um, he was asked on his show, uh, the punter, um, and he again said essentially the same thing. Not so, relenting. He no. is. This is my money." That's what we agreed to. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do. Right. And whether he uh, finishes as a Packer, we shall see. Look, Montana was a chief. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, you can go down the list. Farva was a Jet United. Right. You go all the way back. Now, thankfully, the, my guy was a Bronco the entire time. Patriots. Tom Brady, Patriot anymore? No. And uh, speaking of your Broncos, when I was looking... They're going to make a move. When I was perusing Vinny's seven-round mock draft, again, you can mm-hmm. just Google Vinny Iyer. It'll pop up for you. He has the Broncos getting a quarterback at nine. Right, I saw that. 
And did I you don't s- think he. I don't think Justin Fields will be there at nine. But if I mean, you had to be salivating just at yes. the thought. And then did you see who he had in the second round? Rondell Moore. Yeah, he's not. We're not. We're uh, Denver's not taking. I love Rondell Moore. They've yeah. got KJ Hamler. All right. They've got Cortland Sutton. They've got Jerry Judy. They don't need. You're not Rondell kicking Moore. that guy out of bed no, for eating crackers. Of, Come on. He's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a if player. If it plays out in that way, and he's sitting there. I like Elijah Moore from Old Miss maybe a tad better. Really? Same kind of player, Trent. Yeah. Moore's a hell of a player. Anyways, um, boy, it's coming up fast. It this is. is. Two weeks from Thursday night, week one, and then we're into the weekend with NFL Draft. So Vinny Iyer is going to join us. Uh, Michelle Book from the Food Bank of Iowa. I get the fact that um, seemingly the pandemic is starting to feel like it's on its last legs, but just when you feel like that, uh, up pops Michigan mm-hmm. uh, or something, or the Johnson & Johnson news from today. Uh, so it, it's it's still a fight, uh, and the food bank still has a need. And NCMIC, Nick Mick, uh, asks us to, you know, to draw attention to some of these causes, and we will. Michelle Book will join us for a few minutes, about 10.50-ish or thereabouts. We promise we're going to talk Iowa State today, and we will. Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com, will join us. We will recap the busy weekend for the men's basketball program. Trent, I saw this come out again today, and it's just, it, it's, it's not, I mean, <laughs> Never than a million years. In a million years, ESPN's top twenty-five, top ten. Beg your pardon. Preseason top ten mm-hmm. is out, and Alabama's number one. Yes, and Oklahoma's number two, and Clemson is number three, and Ohio State is number five, and then Texas A and M six, Georgia seven. Dot dot dot. At number four, Iowa State. Yes, the Cyclones. Iowa State. Iowa State number four. Yes. They are returning so much. Everybody except for a couple of guys. And these are a computer system. Uh This is the football power index. This isn't Herb Street and everybody getting together and making their top 25 ballot. This is a statistical formula. But it is a who's who of -hmm. college football. I mean, we're missing no one that's been relevant as of late. And there's Iowa State at four. I mean, you're, you're 10 through, just check this out, 10 through 15. Penn State, Notre Dame, Texas, Carolina, Florida, Wisconsin. <laughs> Iowa State is 10 spots ahead of all of them, 10-plus spots ahead of all of them. Because it's amazing. Because the reason for it is because of all the returning sure. time, because of all the production. That's what goes into this mm-hmm. formula. But what a boom. I mean, just, oh. y- this is Iowa State. Uh-huh. As Baylor won a national championship a couple of weeks ago in basketball now. Uh-huh. Never. Thought it would happen. Never. And same thing here. Right. Never thought these conversations would happen. Best case scenario, Fiesta Bowl. Once we, in a lifetime. I didn't even think that was the best case scenario. Yeah, I didn't either, Trent. I'm with you. No, when, no I'm when, with you. When Matt Campbell was mm-hmm. hired, well, here they go again. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe compete for a weed eater bowl. Every you can go years. eight and four. Yeah, that'll be the high know, water mark. But then it'll be. A six and six, mm-hmm. and then oh boy, a stub your toe three and nine, mm-hmm. and then the sharks somebody start else, circling. Somebody else is coaching the yeah. team. That's what it felt like. Iowa State football was, was going to be rinse a and repeat. Trent. Yes. every five years, rinse and repeat. Yep. But this is unbelievable. This is uncharted territory, and I'm extremely happy for you, Cyclone fans out there, just to see this, whether it happens or not. Listed amongst these schools, my God, that's rarefied air. 
rarefied air. And you're right, it's because everybody's coming back. So Michael Swain uh, at 11.05, basketball and football conversation with him. And then really glad for this, our friend Zuba Mehente, who's been off uh, for a couple of weeks. He's going to be back with us today at 11.25. Zubin, Trent, and I essentially talk sports. We don't have one anything in mind when we start, uh, when we have him on. We just bounce around the world of sports and um, catch up with our friend Zuba Mehente, who does mornings on ESPN Radio with Jay Will and Keyshawn Johnson. And um, when did I catch them nice, the other day, uh, flipping around the channels, they were doing draft uh, and Keyshawn Johnson is not a fan of Mac Jones putting it mildly good yeah putting he's a smart man uh, so let's get to the here and now and let's do local while we can uh, Liam Robbins uh, look if you had to set odds going into the weekend this past weekend mm-hmm. Vanderbilt felt like the favorite right yeah I mean not a, not an overwhelming favorite I thought that there was still because mom for God's sakes it's his mom wanted him to go to Iowa um, and Vanderbilt won, and Jerry Stackhouse, the draw. I, I still don't get the, uh, he's close to the end. Uh, who's Jerry Stackhouse put in the NBA? Right. right. I mean, Where, come on. He played there himself. He did, and played very well at a very high level. But do you think that him and NBA GMs are real tight? Do you think he's got a Rolodex of scouts that he knows incredibly well? Trent, I, I'm sure that there have been a couple of kids come through Vanderbilt that have made the NBA. I couldn't name one. Well, and he's only been there a couple of years. Three or four, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he's using that connection sure. I think, pretty loosely, but these are the things that people yeah. buy into, right? And I guess Liam Robbins did. Um, yeah. And, and he's going to go to Vanderbilt. He's going to be a Commodore. Hats off to him for that. But that's a blow because, look, at Iowa really could have used this kid. Really, really, really could have used Liam Robbins. There's going to be a hole in the middle. Um, I don't know what. The, well, let's do this. Uh, they're they're playing a game tomorrow, Trent. They've okay. they've got one of those uh, those uh, tournaments, uh, exempt tournaments. Uh-huh. And McCaffrey's got to run five guys out onto the floor to start this game <sighs> the, uh, tomorrow. Um, who, who, give me your starting five. Starting five. Are we assuming Wieskamp is gone? Yes, he is. He's gone. He's out of there. Uh huh. And Connor McCaffrey's hurt. And he's hurt. Yes. So he is unavailable, unavailable. for this game that's going to be played. You know what? The hell with tomorrow. We're in November. We're in November. <laughs> and it's non-con season. No Jordan Bohannon. No Jordan Bohannon. Well, okay. CJ Frederick will start. Yes. There's one. He's back healthy. Yes. And he will be joined by Keegan Murray. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. All right. You can take now, the next three. I was going to say, <laughs> now I'm really anxious to hear where you're going to go. for Patrick McCaffrey's going to start. Yes, I agree with that. There's those your, three. Those three are... Who's bringing the ball up the floor? Your point guard is Aaron Eulis. Oh, see, this is our first disagreement. I would have gone Toussaint. I'm going to say Eulis. Okay. Beats him by an... Because I think Toussaint... I don't know. Well, I'll say Eulis. You'll go Toussaint. Okay. Now here's where it gets... They're going to need somebody in the middle, Trent. That they are. And uh, Agundale is, what, six foot ten? Mm-hmm. 200, how big is he? 275? No, it, it doesn't start with a two. He's a big dude. It doesn't it's, start with a two. Okay. Uh, listed at 290. Is he listed at 290? I don't even Holy know. Holy mackerel. I wonder what they had him listed at last year. A gundale was listed at 285. 285. 610, 285. He's 285. I was 185. <laughs> Trent, I think by default. Is it the Mulvey kid? No. He's going to get killed. If you're if you're going to put him in, if you're going to start him right off the he in the Big Ten, 
that's not a recipe for I mean, success. that's that's called throwing them into the deep end of the pool. Yeah, and swim. Yeah, good luck. Woodbury did it right away. He was also a top 60 player nationally. But um, he didn't reclassify, right? He would, right. He, he would have now, had one extra year. The Mulvey kid is old, though. He's already 18. Okay. He's already 18. All so, right. I mean, a lot of kids already would have graduated mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is a gotcha. 17-year-old that's reclassifying. This is a kid that's already 18. Well, I didn't. So that's good news. I yes. didn't know that part. I thought yep. he was like a seven, like a Taylor Norton Tucker. Remember when right. he played yes. Hawaii at 17? Yep. By the way, did you see that uh, alley-oop that he the reverse dunk? Last night? Holy mackerel. That was a beauty. So Mulvey. And again, he wasn't good enough to play in the Big 12 tournament. Yes. Mulvey, uh, I think there's a chance there. Do you? You see that picture. That I think I've have you seen any video of him play? I have. Okay, and and give me a give me a, a scout. He is, I think, a good defender. Okay, I, I think offensively still going to be very much a work mm-hmm. in progress. He is more athletic than Woodbury. Okay, he does he have an edge like him? Hopefully, yes, he does. It appears that way. You've seen the picture though of him and Fran, where yeah, he's wearing the, the glasses, yeah. and he just looks like a dork. Yes, he I does. Mean, let's be honest here. He does. He looks like a geek. Uh-huh. He's a Tall, gangly. Right. That picture was taken before his sophomore year. He is oh, filled out a lot more. Okay. He is a lot thicker. He lost you, the glasses, hopefully. He lost the glasses. Yeah. There's no rec specs. He doesn't have goggles on. He's wearing the contacts. He so looks that like, was a couple of years old. Yes. That's, that's good news. Because I, I saw that picture and I thought, hold on a second. Yeah. This is a kid who's going to play the five in the Big Ten. Right. He's going to get killed. I had the exact same thing. And... Then you go a little deeper. See, oh, okay. This was taken, I think, at an AAU tournament before sophomore year. <laughs> he has added a lot of weight. He's uh-huh. a lot thicker Muscle? now. Muscle? Yes. Yeah, he is. Okay. He is going to be a project offensively, but he's athletic enough where he's more athletic than Luca. He's more athletic than Woodbury. He really? He's got more ups in his game. He's a better shot blocker, I think, than both of those guys, certainly. Wow. At least at this point in their development, you're selling me on him, Trent. That I'm starting to buy in a little bit. I just, I just look, think back to the picture. Right. You know where you can find the picture? It's at HawkeyeReport.com. Mm-hmm. I see it a lot. Yes, over there. That 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 photo of uh, him and McCaffrey. I'm thinking. <laughs> this this is a guy that Jim Beheim wanted. A kid from the Northeast that Beheim wanted. He had a Syracuse offer. And he had other big programs that were bouncing around. And Iowa, because Iowa was first. Is yes. that how they sealed the deal? That was okay. a big part of it. All right. I'm not here to say that Riley Mulvey is going to be the difference between this team being a tournament team next year and being in the NIT. No, no, no. That's way too far. They need but can help. him and Agundale split minutes? For a team that's about 15 and 14, yes. Mm. Yes, he can do that. Okay. Agundale, if he could get you up to, say, 12 to 15 a game, mm-hmm. and Mulvey maybe a tick more than that, and then you're going small ball with the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. They're not done, though. They still have to be out there. Well, I hope they're Fran still has out to there. be out there understanding. You know, the kid from North Dakota that we've talked about yeah, a little bit. Did you hear what happened to him last week? He had a similar Zoom call with the Minnesota coaches, mm-hmm. and he came away raving. Yeah, well, he's he's raved about everybody. Has he? Yes. <laughs> Anybody that's shown him interest? <laughs> he loves them. Yes. He has raved about them. Going from Serbia to Grand Forks. To Grand Forks. Yeah. You're looking to make a run for And it. then Iowa City and Minneapolis, boy, they're looking. But they're south, Trent. Yeah. Right? They're right. south. Take it from a Winnipegger. Right. <laughs> that, uh, but he is not the answer at the five. He is a stretch four. He is a six nine spindly guy. Uh-huh. He's not going to be banging inside with you know, Travion Williams. That, that's not the guy oh that you're going to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
you're going to need somebody else. So who else is out there? There are names. The, the question always, though, we go through this seemingly every year. You see this guy, boy, he'd be a good fit for Iowa. And he lists his top 10 for schools, nowhere to be found. Mm. And you go through these lists, and that continues to be what you see. You don't see Iowa involved here. Is this just Fran? He just just doesn't want to put his toe into these waters unless it makes a ton of sense. It has to be a home run for him to even get involved. Well, Trent, I don't think he has any choice this year. I, I don't. He he has a hole in the middle, and mm-hmm. and and whether Mulvey is is you know can is not as good as you think he could be, and maybe I think the key there is could be. But this is a freshman. You're asking a lot from that kid, and we just don't know about a gondolier. What did you say? Six ten, two ninety. Yeah. Wow, that's a load. And from the kid that we saw in November in those blowout games mm-hmm. to what he was at the end of the year, you saw he's lost weight. Mm-hmm. He was lighter on his feet. He's still a big, big dude. But that kind of guy can play in the Big Ten, right? He's got to be in better shape. He's got to mm-hmm. be able to get up and down the floor a few times. But I think there's a spot for him. Not a 30-minute-a-game spot, 12-minute-a-game. He can do that. Mulvey can do the same. And one other guy. And again, it doesn't have to be Liam Robbins. It. That would have been nice. Yes, it would have been great. Yeah. My other question about this, what is he thinking? Who, Seriously. Liam Robbins? I, I'm with you. You know what he's thinking? You said it last week. Nashville? Maybe. I think it's, I, I think it's visions of the NBA dancing in his head. And, and that's well, the part I, that I think is very short-sighted. I'm, Trent, you can get to the NBA. I don't care what school you're in. Yes. You can get to the NBA. The Jerry, if that's what if that's what tipped the scale in Vanderbilt's favor, mm-hmm. was it his uncle? That could be too. And it, I, I have uncles that I really enjoy. I'm close with a couple of my uncles, but following to all ends of the earth for my basketball and, and career, he has and going against mom's wishes and going Jerry Stackhouse year one eleven and twenty one, three and fifteen, year two nine and sixteen, three and thirteen in-conference play. You're going to a program that's bad, that has been bad in his two years there. I know they brought in talent. They continue to bring Mm -hmm. in talent. He hasn't been able to do a whole lot with that talent. You played for an okay team your first year at Drake. You played for a very disappointing Minnesota Mm -hmm. team. And now you're going to go to Vanderbilt? You're going to go to the SEC and, at best, be a team that can sneak in and maybe play in Dayton? Maybe. Or you can play less than an hour away from home have your parents, have your family be able to to watch you play, have that connection, and go to a team. If you go there, you're taking over for an All-American, a team that will run offense through you, and they're still going to find you if you're good enough. On the surface, it doesn't make sense to me. No, it was it was a it was a blow. Yeah, when the when the announcement came out uh, yesterday. Anyways, let's get let's do real quick on baseball from yesterday. Um, Cubs again. You know what? Alzelay was okay. Okay, mm-hmm. through the first what five innings and in the sixth innings he got in a little trouble in the bullpen did not help him out. Uh, Chafin came in and he was just awful, just just bloody terrible. Uh, but Alzale for the first five innings was good. Uh, I, I don't fault David Ross for sending him out there to at least uh, try and you know make it through the sixth inning because he was pitching pretty well. He hadn't thrown a ton of pitches and he had those Brewers baffled. But the game of the night for me and the uh, listen of the night for me, was Len Casper's good. Yeah, and he, that's where I was most oh of the night. Oh my too. god, and that was a fun game. Mm-hmm. I mean. 
playing a weird game at the end, uh, the way it ended with just a, a boneheaded play by the Indians' first baseman. But uh, uh, that was a fun game. White Sox and the Indians doing battle on the south side. And Len Casper and Steve Stone, yeah, they had some chemistry, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Len Casper is a TV guy, and I get the fact that he loves radio and he wants to be able to pick those Paint those pictures without the video, without the uh, the you know the vision to go along with it, um, and he might be really good at that. But boy, he's good on TV. And I don't know if you were with it uh, at the end, stayed with the game to mm-hmm. the end when they were signing off. Steve Stone, uh, when they made it clear that uh, uh, the Benetti would be Jason would be back tonight, but Stone said, but there's going to be more Len Casper appearances throughout the regular season. So I don't know what where Benetti is, yeah. but uh, this wasn't just a one-off. But that was a good listen last night, and a yeah. good game to watch. It was. Very entertaining. Bases loaded a couple of times. Had Jose Ramirez up there at one point. The White Sox bullpen that I've been uh, giving some crap good to. Good yesterday. It was really good yeah, yesterday. Yeah, they were good yesterday. i got to give credit where credit uh-huh. is due. They, they came in there. Marshall, I thought, was outstanding. Had a couple of different times that looked to be incredibly tense moments and just couldn't get it done. And the McKenzie kid for the Indians... He's got to get bigger, mm-hmm. but he mm-hmm. you can see a lot of talent with him. Breaks went their way and just throw off the helmet. Oh, my God. Just, just how, step on first base. Just take the out at first. You weren't going to get a double play, Trent. How many ways to lose a baseball game, and there is another one there. But you're right. That's where I was most of the evening. The Cubs game started to get away. Yeah, it was awful. Um, and I saw something. wasn't the case on DirecTV. It must have been something in Chicago, but it was one of the, the White Sox. It's like a blogger for the White Sox that I follow. Okay. Said in whatever cable system he has in Chicago, it wasn't in HD because it was on like the second overflow channel for Comcast. And it was on the second overflow channel last night as well for uh, NBC Sports Chicago. It was like 665-2. I was absolutely baffled, though, to hear whatever cable operator it was in Chicago. doesn't have it in HD. Didn't have it in HD. Can you imagine trying to watch a game right now without HD? (laughs) No. Well, last week was forced to for a little bit because a storm came through. Oh, yeah. But you know what? I've noticed that about DirecTV. You know, when a storm would come through in the past, Mm -hmm. DirecTV would just be, it would shoot craps, right? It would go black. Now it gives you the option, do you want to watch in single depth? Right. And that's, I think it's new. It certainly didn't happen to me, but uh, it has lately. So, by the way, tonight, if you're a baseball fan, you like pitching, Giolito Bieber. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the matchup tonight on the south side. That has got a chance to be. I mean, look what Bieber's doing his first couple of starts of the year. Meanwhile, the Cubs are incredibly uh, awful in the batter's box. This has been... This has been a terrible, an historically bad start. Here's the tweet from a guy by the name of Ed Hardig, who I guess is a Cubs historian. Uh, the Cubs' 49 hits are the fewest hits by a team over 10 consecutive games in a season. That's not the start of the season. This is any 10-game stretch in going back to 1901. The previous low was 51 hits in 10 games, and that happened in 1968. There's a new leader in the clubhouse, and it's the Cubs with 49 hits, the fewest hits in 10 games since 1901. That offense is horrible. All right, uh, we've got to take a break. We will do so. Vinny Iyer is coming up, then Michelle Book. Look forward to speaking uh, with her from uh, the Food Bank of Iowa. Right now, Trent, it's time for another $1,000 home run. Enter the keyword. Don't text the keyword. No, no, no. Go to KXNO.com and enter budget. That's budget at KXNO.com. Once you log on to KXNO.com, that pop-up box, 
You won't have to search for it. It's there instantly. Enter budget. Uh, KXNO.com. Chance to win $1,000. Then, if you get that call from an unknown number, make sure you answer because that could be somebody from my heart saying, you are the winner. Uh, Vinny Iyer, he'll join us next. Miller and Condon until noon. 1460 KXNO. 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. As promised, let's get into the NFL. We are inching our way closer to the NFL draft. Two weeks from Thursday is round number one. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News, he joins us. He's got his latest. What an incredibly difficult exercise. A a seven-round mock draft was posted today at SportingNews.com. First of all, how long does that take one? Uh, It takes quite a while. Um, You have to have an organization system that's the most important thing and then you have to double check uh, that you've given teams a good variety of positions that you haven't double picked a player which can happen <laughs> right and <laughs> then you have to go through a whole different uh, series of events to correct that so yeah it has happened once or twice where i do that and i've just guys names kind of run together at some point and then oh then you make an adjustment and you move on and the goal for me is I kind of look at what I've given a team in another round. I look at the flow of the draft. I look at some of their history, what schools they like to target at that time. So I put all this in mind, and I also have to go back and double-check that these players that they're selecting, especially when you look at defensive front-type players, that they fit the scheme. <laughs> or You're just handing out the guys at the end that you just can't go straight down the board and say, this is the next best guy at this position. Let's give him to this team. So... There are all kinds of factors that you have to consider. And you also look if there's any rumors or any visits that have been involved with that player, and then you feel a little bit more confident in attaching that player to the team. Well, Vinny, in your mock draft, the top four, all quarterbacks. And, well, the free square in the bingo card is Trevor Lawrence at the top. How close do you think it is to a lock for Zach Wilson at number two to the Jets and the continued speculation at three with Mac Jones? Do How solid do you think both those picks are right now? Well, that's the funny thing is, as I started this process, uh, Sam Darnold was still a Jet, so I wasn't wow. sure about the number two pick, and I wasn't sure about number eight, so I had to go back and uh, make some changes there as well in the first round. So, um, so yeah, so things can change rather quickly here, and I, I feel pretty confident about Zach Wilson going number two. I mean, you don't make that move clear the decks with Sam Darnold unless you have a replacement in mind, and you know you don't have to do anything to get that replacement. You just sit back. Zach Wilson will be there behind Trevor Lawrence uh, when he goes to the Jaguars. So, yeah, I think those two picks are pretty much uh, locked here. I think the 49ers, we know the position is locked, quarterback. Mac Jones, Trey Lance, I think that it's the debate between those two guys. I think it still is a mystery quite a bit. But I think Jones, just with what you're hearing and where the 49ers are at as a team, he seems to make a little bit more sense than uh, Trey Lance if they – indeed are going that route, but they also seem intent on keeping Jimmy Garoppolo maybe for a year. That would say they could go the last route. So I, I think if that one is more of a toss-up. I think it's slowly leaning Jones at number three, but I think Wilson of the Jets pretty much is as locked in as uh, 
Lawrence at the Jaguars at this point. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News is our guest. Vinny, to me, New England's the wild card in all of this with their need seemingly uh, for a quarterback. Cam Newton is coming back, but he can't come back forever. Um, they need a quarterback. I think Belichick's laying in the weeds on this one. Would you be shocked if there's a move by the Patriots to get into whether it's Atlanta's pick? I'm not sure Miami would want to do business with them with their pick at number six, but would you fall off your chair if Belichick all of a sudden finds his way into a position to draft one of the quarterbacks? No, not at all. I mean, this is uh, what they've been lining up for a little bit. They've overhauled their receiving core, their entire offense, really, when you think about uh, the way they approach tight end and free agency with Hunter Henry and Jonas Smith. So they didn't invest a ton in Cam Newton, a little bit more than last year. That kind of shortchanged him last year. But, yeah, that's a decent amount. That's what you pay – uh, bridge quarterback. You had uh, ten million go out to Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, Eddie Dalton, so only a little bit more going to Cam Newton. So you're not sticking with Cam Newton as a long-term solution by any means, and he's not necessarily a firm solution for this year either. So yeah, you look out to do that. It just how much would it cost them? They do have a lot of picks. They have ten picks. They can maneuver a little bit, but do they want to give up a lot? When I don't think the Patriots are just a quarterback away. I think there's a lot of things that they have to fix defensively. They're losing some pieces, and they're getting older. they got to fix their secondary. There's a lot of other things the Patriots need to worry about in this draft, and I don't know if they're in that luxurious position as many might think is just go after a quarterback. So it'll be interesting. I also can see the Patriots trying to find another Tom Brady. I think that was a little bit more accidental, but Maybe say, look, we can find somebody maybe later in the draft that we can develop in the system. I think very popular name, and one that I gave them in this mock draft was uh, Callan Mond there mm. of a Texas A&M. Mm. He seems to be their type of quarterback. And, uh, and, he, and when keep in mind that uh, when Dak Prescott came into the league, there were some uh, just feelings that he could be that guy if developed in the right way and the right team, and he certainly proved that with the Cowboys. So, but, Maybe you're not looking for the next Tom Brady, but maybe you're looking for the next Dak Prescott, which I think there are some guys who could fit that bill here. All right, Vinny, uh, let's go to my team, the Chicago Bears. You lived, well, in Evanston, but in Chicago for a number of years. They need a quarterback. They sit at 20. The top-tier quarterbacks aren't going to get there. What do you think is a better chance of happening? Them trying to move up? Um, no, not trying. Them moving up to get one of those quarterbacks or taking a flyer, second, third, fourth round, whatever it turns out to be. I think it's going to be a flyer later because look at it. I mean, it's just hard to do that and move up from 20. And it's not like they're operating with a lot of draft picks here. So it's not like there's room to maneuver that much in the draft. So I think they're kind of settling on that. And that's what I think Washington and the Bears are doing. I think Washington might have a greater chance of trading up for a quarterback because they might feel that they're a little bit closer. I mean, look at their Defense and offense, I know both of those teams made the playoffs, but you would think Washington maybe can stick around a little bit and it's growing as a contender. Well, you might think the Bears might have gotten a little fortunate with the extra wild card to make it in the first place. So I think that's probably what they're kicking themselves with. Was it worth a mediocre playoff berth at number seven? It's kind of like in the NBA where you make the playoffs, but eh, you'd rather be in the lottery if you're at the bottom. I think they're yeah, themselves in a tough spot. They're going to try to make it work with Andy Dalton. And for the Bears fans who are thinking about uh, what quarterback could be good for them, I give them Felipe Franks, a guy that played like Florida, that. transferred to Arkansas. Yep. Yeah, I think he's not a bad developmental guy either. So I think there's a bunch of those guys. So if you're not going to get one of those 
five first round guys or Kyle Trask, a second round guy. Just wait, and I think there's some guy, different guys you can develop in your system. Uh, Vinny I from the Sporting News is our guest. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 on the AM and 106.3 on the FM dial. Vinny, a couple of things. Uh, you're, you're a three-time Jeopardy champion, so your world and your job collide uh, with Aaron Rodgers hosting Jeopardy. Uh, have you had an opportunity and, uh, to tune in? And if so, what kind of a report guard would you give the Green Bay quarterback uh, in his uh, moonlighting as the host of Jeopardy? Yeah, I think uh, just like everyone else who's done it, I think a lot of the pressure is not being on TV. Aaron Rodgers talks to the media all the time. He's been in front of people. He has press conferences every week. That's not the problem. It's just that feeling of, like, you shouldn't be there. Like, it's Alex Trebek's lectern. And I think you've seen that with all the hosts. Like, they've started off a little bit jittery. I think maybe the one that didn't was Katie Kirk, but I think that's also the person with the most broadcast experience that has handled all these types of situations before. So, I think it just takes a while to warm up and get into your flow and have your personality show. And that's what we saw. And unfortunately, you only get two weeks, uh, 10 shows of Aaron Rodgers, so you don't get to see his complete uh, personality maybe shine through. You've seen it a few times. He's joking. He, he, that's the way he is. I mean, we've seen him. He's kind of got that cool, dry, kind of laid-back sense of humor, the way he delivers and all that. So. I think you're seeing all that personality for sure, and I think I think he's doing a pretty good job. I mean, to handle all that, I mean, I think it's a lot harder than people think. It's just the volume and the speed of the game, and you have to interact with people as well. So, I mean, we pretty much know where Aaron Rodgers' career is going to go after he retires. He's going to do something in TV, and it's probably going to be pretty good. So uh, we still got Anderson Cooper coming up, uh, and Bialik for us younger people. Vinny, remember her in her Blossom days way back when. Uh, Sanjay Gupta, uh, doctor. Anybody that you've liked so far or anybody that you're looking forward to here on the list coming up for guest hosts of Jeopardy? Well, I think Mayim Bialik could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that she's had uh, the second surge here with the Big Bang Theory the nerd audience knows who she is now. <laughs> That's who that is. Uh-huh. Okay, I know. and yeah, and, she, and she's she's got. Uh, I think she's um, astrophysicist or whatever is well, her actual real job or whatever or whatever. She she's a really smart person. I think she also again being an act, uh, actor uh, really probably helps there in delivery and all that. So I think she'll do a really good job. I, I wasn't that crazy about Doctor Oz, but I'm yeah. not really crazy about Doctor Oz uh-huh. in, in general. Um, so. We'll see how uh, Sanjay Gupta and I think Anderson Cooper will do pretty well as well. So um, the TV professionals are going to have their style uh, and, and they're going to be fine. Uh, I, I think what I would like to see is them continue to do this. I want to see other people get their chance and maybe some other athletes, maybe a Richard Sherman somewhere down the line. Yeah. I think he'd be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to see them kind of stick with this because I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to see different people and then, it's just exciting because then you have reason to watch the show beyond. It's a great show in itself, as we've learned with Alex Trebek even there. But just seeing different people, you want to tune in and say, how are they going to do this week? And I think that would be a good way to keep people interested in the show. Uh, last thing for me, Vinny. Uh, yesterday, Julian Edelman uh, announced that he's retiring from the game of football. Uh, he did not pass his physical, so the uh, Patriots have released him or will release him. Um, look, he's a really nice player. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame candidate at any point. There's just too many people in front of him. Maybe you disagree, but a hell of a player. How will you remember Julian Edelman, no, certainly known for his toughness, and on the biggest of stages, uh, seemingly, 
uh, that's where he shone brightest. Yeah, I think that's why you're getting some Hall of Fame buzz is mainly because of what he did in the playoffs and then being attached to the hip to Tom Brady. All those things are a big reason why, and we know media coverage and hype and all that with New England is big, and they want to put somebody in the Hall of Fame with Tom Brady from this Patriots team, but he still might be the guy that stands alone when it's all said and done. So, you know, is a very nice player, produced very well. I, I don't think he was a dumb receiver at any points, but he was versatile. He's kind of the classic Bill Belichick player that started out as a quarterback at Kent State, converted to a wide receiver, can play inside and outside, do every little thing they need, return game, all that. So in terms of the do-your-job Patriots mentality, there's there's a handful of guys that you would put in that category over the years, maybe Deion Branch or Kevin Falk, uh, Teddy Bruschi, uh, uh, some of those type of players that Bill Belichick has had. So I, I, I think uh, on the list of the key Patriots in this uh, dynasty era, he's going to be pretty close up there with Tom Brady. But in terms of like bigger accolades, I, I think you just have to say, look, he had a pretty solid career, very good, not a Hall of Famer. I'm with you. Vinny I from the Sporting News. Vinny, hopefully your schedule will allow that we'll uh, early in draft week. I know you'll be busy, but hopefully you'll find some time here for your friends in Des Moines. Thank you, Vinny I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, anytime. Uh, we can talk uh, Iowa prospects. Then. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. yeah, look forward to it. Thank you, Vinny. We will. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News joining us as uh, we talk a little NFL. Davia Nixon, uh, early third round in the mock draft. In Vinny. Vinny's? Yep, that was the, the first Iowa prospect that I saw uh, come off the board in his. Did you see Warren Sharps? You mentioned Julian Edelman. Yeah, the, uh, the stats with him and Heinz Ward. Isn't that incredible? It is. I, I, if you haven't seen it, you can look it up. Just look, uh, Sharp football, Warren yep. Sharp, a great football mind. Heinz Ward, 1,000 catches in his career. Julian Edelman, 620 <laughs> yards. Heinz Ward, over 12,000. Yeah. 6,800 for Julian so Edelman. Just, just more than half. Heinz Ward, touchdowns, 85. Julian Edelman, 36. Super Bowl MVPs, one apiece. Pro Bowls. Heinz Ward went to a four. None for Edelman. He's Edelman's not a Hall of Famer. No, he's not a Hall of Famer. No. He's a hell of a player. Yes. And, uh, and I think it's because... And, and that could be okay. Absolutely. I, we we rushed for the Hall of Fame moniker. Can't you just be a really good football player? And he is. Yeah. Julian Edelman will not get in, mm-hmm. uh, but he'll re- be remembered. I agree with Vinny. I mean, this dynasty, he's up there on that list right. of, uh, of, of importance to those Patriots Super Bowls. All right, we are going to be joined by our friend Michelle Book from the Food Bank of Iowa. Uh, seemingly, we are coming uh, toward the end of this pandemic, but the Food Bank still has a need. We'll have her in here. NCMIC makes it possible. Uh, she's next. Busy 11 o'clock hour. Our friend Zubin Mahenti is back in Cyclone Conversation with Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports. Time out. Uh, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 10- The Extra Bread New Wallet. And NCMIC, Nick Mick sponsors this portion of the program. We take you until noon. Coming up in hour number two, we'll get into Iowa State with our friend Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports. And Zubin Mahente from ESPN Radio is back with us about 11.25. Right now, Michelle Book, she's the CEO for the Food Bank of Iowa. I know a lot of folks feel that the uh, 
pandemic is starting to dissipate a little bit, and, and maybe you get that impression that the need for some of these causes that have been so prevalent throughout the winter months, that might be uh, dissipating a little bit, but that doesn't seem the case. And Michelle Book is uh, back with us uh, to shed some light on what's going on with our friends at the Food Bank of Iowa. I see the Smoke Out Hunger promotion is back on the calendar for July of 2021, July the 25th, but that's a ways away. Michelle Book joins us. Trent and Ken, Michelle, uh, give us the latest. How have you been, first of all, and uh, what's the latest with the Food Bank of Iowa? Well, Food Bank of Iowa, we are still uh, in full uh, full COVID mode, although we are seeing um, that COVID is starting to clear across our community. People are getting vaccinations. Folks are going back to work. Um, food insecurity is expected to remain elevated in 2021 compared to our pre pandemic levels before the before the pandemic one in ten iowa iowan lived in poverty and based food insecurity today we think that number is close closer to one in eight people overall and one in six children uh, food insecurity is also um, elevated there's stark racial disparities uh, with one in five black fa- uh, black people one in six latinos and one in four native american households facing food insecurity Wow, absolutely incredible. Michelle, as we have gone through this now for the last year plus, you know, a lot of things have changed. A lot of people have had to adapt. Tell us a little bit about what you have changed, what you guys have learned maybe at the Food Bank of Iowa over the last year plus. You know, what we've learned um, is that it's there are a lot of folks out there that aren't getting help that haven't been on our radar. So mm-hmm. we are taking a more focused approach on how we serve um, communities of diversity. Uh, We met with uh, 12 African pastors. Uh, We met with Latino, a group of Latino pastors, and we're meeting with a group of Asian pastors. Um, These are all people that lead um, predominantly immigrant populations within our metro. Um, They weren't aware of the Food Bank of Iowa, weren't aware of our services, didn't know how to sign their people up for SNAP benefits. So we're looking for ways that we can emerge ourselves into more of these communities of people that are at risk um, that we just don't see every day. We don't know about them. Um, how do we connect the dots and make sure they're getting the food that their families need to live healthy lives? Speaking of emerging, it seems like the community starting to emerge from you know, their uh, quarantines or shelters, if you will. Are you starting to see uh, more volunteers? I mean, there's always a need for a you know financial help, but if you're not in a place you can do that, you're always uh, able to donate, donate time. Are you seeing more volunteers uh, show up and ask what they can do, Michelle? But when we just went into COVID a, a year ago, all of our corporate partners backed away, not being comfortable sending their employee teams into an environment that they viewed to be at risk. And uh, we issued a plea for help. Um, we had over 30,000 volunteer hours in 2020, most of those by individuals who just said, I need a purpose. I need something to do. I need to give back to my community. I need to get out of my house. Right. So our volunteerism exploded in 2020, and and I'm thankful we cannot do what we do every day without volunteers. Volunteers here to help us sort, uh, to repackage bulk product, to sort uh, donated food, to help deliver backpacks to schools. 
Um, we need volunteers. We need volunteers to continue to sign up for our volunteer shifts. We just can't do what we do without volunteers. More and more people make their way, Michelle, back to work and getting back into the office setting. I know a big part of that and, and way big businesses can help out are food drives. What's the easiest way to get involved if your business wants to start a food drive or just maybe something in your neighborhood, your community, and want to do that? What's the best way to go about that? Well, we have a person on staff here, uh, Michaela Devaney, that will help you set up your food drive. And we are encouraging people to do virtual food drives. Mm where they are contactless food drives and people donate um, funds um, equitable to a case of green beans or equitable to a case of, of soup. Um, and they, they can be fun. Uh, you can put challenges, build challenges into those and, and, uh, and make teams. Uh, $1 donated to the Food Bank of Iowa creates up to four meals using our purchasing power because we buy by the semi-truck load and our relationships, um, our national-level relationships with Food Rescue. Uh, foodbankofiowa.org, foodbankiowa.org. Let me do that one more time, foodbankiowa.org. Michelle, in our final 90 seconds or so, why don't we just turn that time over to you? What would you like to share with our audience that perhaps Trent and I uh, haven't touched on? Last year, we had to uh, create a, a virtual smoke-out hunger event um, to keep it going. That was the fourth year, Smoke Out Hunger. Um, this has been our signature event where it's friends, it's families, bring your, bring your children, your grandchildren, and come help raise money for families that just aren't in as good of a position as your own. So again, this year we are full on Smoke Out Hunger. Awesome. Uh, we are changing locations. We'll be at Coles Commons downtown. It's July 25th. Please Set that on your calendar. Set that time aside. Come down and help us uh, build awareness for food insecurity and raise funds for families that just aren't as well equipped today as well, they might have been before COVID. What we can commit on behalf of Trent and myself here, we will commit as um, advertising to you, of course, free of charge here with our relationship with Nitmix. So we'll get you in here. You can cut a 30-second commercial, and we will play it all over the iHeart station because it's a wonderful event, and I love the fact that it's going to be on and the community can get involved and get out again and do some fa- stuff with the family for an un- unbelievable cause, smoke, uh, smoke Out Hunger, 25th of July. Michelle, if we don't talk before that, we will talk around that day, perhaps three weeks in advance, and we will promise you uh, commercial airtime to make sure that we get as big a crowd, a big a turnout as possible for your signature event. Michelle, thank you for coming on. Best of luck. Foodbankiowa.org. Foodbankiowa.org. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead, okay? Thank you for your partnership and your support. Happy to do it. Michelle Book from the Food Bank of Iowa. We finish our number one. It's a great event. Glad it's yes. back on and it's not going to be virtual this year and uh, people can get out and about and mingle and eat some barbecue and drink some craft beer and everything that comes along with smoke out hunger. Uh, Iowa State Conversation kicks off our number two. Zuba Mahente is here as well. The Masters numbers, yikes, in the crapper. Miller and Condit, 1460, 106.3 FM.